0: welcome to the phoenix nest the podcast where bad bitches read romance i'm jess and cat and today we will be discussing if the boot fits by rebecca weatherspoon uh but before we get into the book we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media you can find us at the phx nest pod on instagram and phx pod on twitter you can also email us and check out our Good Links, uh, Goodreads link. <laughs> wow, our Goodreads link, and then you can also check out our favorite independent bookstore, Mostly Books. All of those links will be in the show notes. And uh, let's get onto the book. All right, uh, Kat, do you want to start us off and read the description? Yes. <laughs> Go for it. All right. Working as a personal assistant to one of Hollywood's cruelest divas has left Amanda McQueen more determined than ever to sell her screenplay and gain her independence. In the meantime, she'll settle for a temporary escape. When her employer is felled by the flu on Hollywood's biggest night of the year, Amanda gets her glam on, struts out the door, and parties with the glitterati. But she never expects to come face-to-face and closer than close with one of the hottest stars in the game. Following up his Oscar win with a steamy after-hours romp with an enigmatic woman seems like the perfect way for actor Sam Pleasant to celebrate. Until she suddenly disappears, worse, she's vanished with the wrong swag bag, the one containing his Oscar statue, leaving Sam even more intrigued about the beauty's identity, and wondering if a repeat performance of their amazing night is in the stars, and when a second chance encounter happens, only a trip to only a trip to Sam's family ranch and revealing the whole not always glamorous truth about themselves will give them a chance to turn one magical night into forever. A uh, Cinderella retelling, yeah, and we've done some other retellings, mostly Beauty and the Beast. I feel yeah, because that's like that's uh, my favorite. And well, I think it's also a lot more popular. It is. It is a lot so more it's popular. Kind of easy to make a character that's very beastly.
1: It is and, really easy. and it's
0: harder. I feel to make a prince charming that's like that you can sell. If that makes sense. Um, I think it's easy for her to sell a Prince Charming considering that they are literally from Charming, California. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and their last
0: name is Pleasant. I mean, those are some pretty good cues there. You know, that, that whole family is just pretty awesome. But, I mean, we had a lot of aspects. She does; She's an only child. Amanda McQueen's an only child, mm-hmm. so that's a difference. But she works for Drew Anastasia, who's a terrible bitch. And so she, I guess, would be the step... Okay, but did you not catch that her name is Drew Anastasia and Cinderella's sisters, her stepsisters, are Drusilla and Anastasia? Yeah. I freaking loved it. I was like, wait, what? Hold on. It took me a solid, like, half of the book to figure it out. Girl, come on. I also read this yesterday (laughs) in one sitting. So you shouldn't tell our audience that. No, it's okay. No, it means you're unprepared. I read a different book first, and I'm so sorry, but this one was cute. I liked it. It's what I needed after that other book, because that other book broke me. And this one was fluffy. Yeah, it was very fluffy, and it was very, um, I guess the Disney version of Cinderella, because the original version is really, really disturbing. Um, But this one's really, really nice, because it's not even that it's, like, he swoops in and, like, saves her and she's poor, it's that she wants to be independent and do her own thing, but she's stuck in this, like, awful job. God, her job sucks so much. And I do appreciate that it didn't turn into him... Um, like, literally saving her and giving her a job. No. He did, like, use his influence to pamper her with her her weekend away, her Valentine's weekend away. Um, But, like, acceptable because he's real rich. Yeah, if you're going to date a celebrity who, A, is a celebrity and has a lot of money, but also, B, is a part owner of the ranch, would you also not want to be completely pampered? Anyone that offers me, like, an actual massage for free sounds awesome to me. So Sign me up. So, you know, spa day with a private suite at a hotel (laughs) sounds phenomenal. (laughs) Um, But they had a lot of different aspects in in their stories, the characters did, Mm -hmm. um, that were very, very similar. Like, Miss Leona was definitely the queen of that family. Um, All of their family was kind of just crazy in, like, their own special loving way. And then her family, it was great that it wasn't like she was an orphan and her parents had died and all that stuff. It was, she had really loving parents. They just lived on the opposite side of the country. Yeah. Um, so that was really nice because I feel like we're always given a really dramatic backstory. Ugh. And then this- for, for our characters in a lot of fluffy books because they want you to really feel for them. But I didn't have that problem with this. No, she was relatable. She was oh, a relatable yeah. person. She was like someone that you could go to L.A. and meet. Which was And you nice. would totally understand why she was crying in front of a Delightly. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that whole scene, I'm like, dude, i cry too. I would cry so much. I would be like, well, fuck her, I guess. It's fine. And then I would cry in my car. That's a lie. I would probably cry in public too. I mean, this- I try really hard not to cry in public, but that whole situation was a disaster. I am a Scorpio. I do have feelings. Sometimes I just don't show them. And then sometimes when I do, it's a little <laughs> bit scary. And I'm sorry, but it's okay. Um, how did you feel about the book overall, like, going into it? Because I know you had some reservations about it being a cowboy romance. So, it was kind of two things that made me feel a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. The cowboy aspect mm-hmm. is always something that really throws me, um, because they're either super raunchy cowboys or they're super religious cowboys. <laughs> and uh, this was very middle ground. Like, he was definitely dirty. But, like, not in, like, a weird way, if that makes <laughs> sense. I've read some cowboy romances where you're like, who? Oh, no. He wasn't, like, a real raunchy BDSM cowboy. Yeah. so Which that was, was great. That was good. Um, I also struggle a lot with celebrities. Okay. I don't know why. Like, obviously, they're fake celebrities. But maybe it's because I don't care very much about celebrities in real life. Like, I will go up and talk to people that I know are famous But I don't care if that makes sense. Not that I don't care that they're famous, like, good for you and stuff. But, like, it doesn't make me really nervous in the same way other people get nervous. So I I don't, I just don't feel stunned. I think that has something to do with the fact of where you went to college and who you went to college. with. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Because like that's I feel like that. You remember that time I was in Safeway and that guy was really tall and I was like, oh no, the light disappeared and it's this very tall white yeah. man. And you were like, please look up the U of A basketball team. Tell I think that's way. who it was. <laughs> and I looked him up and I was like, it's the, the, the other, the real tall, tall white guy on yeah. that team, whatever, Laurie Markman or whatever. Yeah, and you're and like, he's playing professionally right now. Yeah. Um, I saw him in a Safeway, guys. Just, I don't know. I have no idea about who he is other than basketball. And that's it. But I truly believe that the whole thing, you're just so unafraid of anything. is just because you went to school with these basketball players who were kind of a big deal and these football players who were kind of a big deal. And the rest of us are just, like, lowly peons who are like, I live in Tucson. It's weird because, like, I'll see them literally playing for their NBA teams or whatever it is. I'm like, oh, they're doing so good. Or, like... Like um one of them just had their first baby and I was like, Oh, that's so sweet. Um but like that guy's stuff I'm like, good for them. My <laughs> nearest claim to fame is that I talked to one of Gronk's teachers. She <laughs> stored her stuff at my storage unit and was kinda like she had that air of real sweet guy, not a lot upstairs. <laughs> I was like, I can see that. <laughs> okay. Which is really confusing because I just found one of his brothers on Instagram. And he's not at all like that. Like, he's no? super well-spoken, and it's really confusing. I've never met Gronk. I wasn't there when he was in college. He's older than I am. Um, but but yeah, it, I guess maybe that's part of it, and I guess maybe just, I don't get super nervous about many things. You don't. And I also don't tend to, like, fangirl over people. Like, I'll like tell i do like, great game, or like, saw you play, or whatever. But I'm not like, oh my god, you're so hot, can I have your autograph? Like, I always saw the girls that did that on campus. And I was like, and I would ask the boys, I'd be like, do you really hate that? And they're like, yeah, we hate that. It's so like, we get that they're supportive and we love that. But like when it's too much and we're like, it's such a turn off. And I was like, okay. And that's, like, how I became friends with them. I mean... Also, because I make fun of someone who's really famous, but, like, to their face. (laughs) Oh, no! Not realizing that he was going to be famous. Do we need to talk about that during our sports romance? Oh, yeah. Oh, quick. Perfect. That's... All next month, we'll do that. It's great. Um, I have a totally different view on celebrity, and that's because I am the person who stands celebrities. You do, like, hard. Yeah. Hard. I'm the person who's, like, I would be the normal person that could date the celebrity and be fine. I would be the fan, the <laughs> friend that would show up at your house and he would open the door and I'd just be like, words have escaped me, I don't know. <laughs> and I'd be like, dude, chill. He's a normal person. <laughs> he's like in the kitchen cooking he's such and a I'm, <laughs> he's in the kitchen cooking, my jaw's like on the counter and I'm just like, nope, mm-mm. Yeah, I don't, like, I've never like dated a celebrity or anything and I don't think that's in the cards. That's just not a thing. <laughs> I don't run in those circles. Um, but it's also other things where it's like, if it happens, it happens. Whereas in myself, life, but like, I I have celebrities that I'm just like, these are my ultimate. Like, I love this person. Yeah, I never want to meet them in real life because I know for a fact <laughs> that I'll just sit there, sit there like a fucking idiot. And I mean, I guess like that's pretty normal when when people meet celebrities. so I get it. I'm also like really good at picking out celebrities like randomly in public. I'm like, that's a famous person. <laughs> You're so like who's? Them? I'm like, I don't know, but I can tell you that they're famous. And then we'll, like, look them up somehow. Like, I used to do it all the time at the mall and it would drive Linda crazy. Cause you did I didn't that! Know who anyone was. I remember the story of you at, um, you, all of you guys were at uh, May's Counter when they were still open. Oh, yeah. And you saw someone and everyone else was like, what? And Alex turned around and was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, we sat right next to the the people that are being scouted for the UV men's team yeah, and their coaches and wear the table over from them. And one of our other friends who's like super into UV sports was like fangirling over it. And I was like, dude, go ask them for like an autograph. He's like, no, that's not me. I was like, you want me to ask? And I turned to go ask. He's like, "No, no, no, no. And I was like, fine. I'll wait until we're done eating. But then you're doing it or I'm doing it. I don't care. I also want you guys to know that we were at the gym and Kat was like, that guy's famous. And I'm like, what are you talking oh, about? That older dude. Was- he was so cool. I was like, what do you mean he's famous? She goes, I don't know. He's just famous. I think he's a football player. And I was like, Wait, what are you? What are you talking about? And then he comes in and he's wearing an official like NFL. I, don't, I mean, you could probably it was, buy it online, but I had to look it up because I had never seen those shirts before. And normally, like NFL gear, it's like whatever it's NFL, but his was like the official um, players it's like a, a group that's made for players to help manage their like wealth and their mental health, mm-hmm. and you never see that. But apparently a ton of NFL players retire to Arizona. So weird. And I know, it's weird. But he's like this huge, older builder. I was like, he has to be a football player. I have no idea what team he was, but like... She kept going, he's famous, and I'm like, I was like, that's rude though, because he's lifting. <laughs> 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 and then I'm just standing there awkwardly going, oh, he was so huge though. He was like 6'5". He five. Was massive. He was easily in his 50s. He was built. Good looking. He was a good looking dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't like ever creepy or scary or rude. And I think that's a big huge mark of, of someone who's been a professional athlete. I feel like we could have asked him to help us lift and he would have showed us how to do things. Yeah, I think so. Too. It's just that our, our idiocy in the but gym just kind of kept we, us from doing that. <laughs> yeah. And we seem to have in Tucson, a lot of people who are famous come here. Um, and so that's why, like, I've seen Ollie Osborne come off a plane. What the fuck? You've never told me that. Yeah. I went to pick up my sister at the airport and we're waiting and waiting and all these people are like waiting around. And then this little dude is like striding out all fast. And I was like, is that what? And then my mom was like, "That was Avianna, right?" And I was like, "Okay, I'm not the only one." But it was definitely him, and he had like his little entourage with him. What the fuck? And then I looked it up, and he was supposed to be performing. I know Kevin Smith is here all the time. Yeah, and then we have like Linda Ronstadt who who lives here. She's from here. Like Oprah has a mansion out near Verde Ranch. Mm-hmm. Like, we have just a lot of people... Paul McCartney used to have a house out here. Yeah. I don't think he has it anymore, but he used to be out here. Yeah. But we have, and we have... Um, apparently, we have some porn stars that live in the valley in, like, Scottsdale area. I wish is. you guys knew the face I was making right now. Um, why? Why? Because <laughs> they have money. <laughs> I will say, um, when I was still living in Yuma, mm-hmm. they were filming um, Star Wars out in Glamis. Where all the dunes are. And that's always weird too, because they film a ton of weird, dusty ass movies here, like scenes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, no one ever talks about that. No. But, like, they've used our Air Force Base, they've used the surrounding deserts, because we have dunes in some places. Yep. We have just like really old ghost town looking places, but they like for the aesthetic. and it's like fr- freaking tombstone. We have something that filmed in Benson, and I was like, "But why?" <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's like anytime someone, um, I believe if I remember correctly, when I was in high school, someone came in and was all excited. They're like, "Harrison Ford has been spotted in Yuma," and I'm like, "But why?" Because I, while I am a giant nerd, I'm not a Star Wars nerd. Mm-hmm. So then they were like, "They're filming Star Wars out there," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Out in Glamis? Yeah. There's nothing out there. But, like, that's the whole point. Like, and Yuma, you know? yeah, and Yuma's the closest to Glamis. I mean, it's like an hour and a half away. It's just, it's really strange when you see especially in movies and you can recognize landmarks. You're like, I can't pass that all the time. <laughs> My mom's biggest but, is, she was watching a TV show that was filmed in Portland, and she's from Portland. She's like, I know where that's at. I lived down that street. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is weird. My parents always talk about, um, in the 80s, they filmed a bunch of movies at the U of A. Mm-hmm. And through Tucson High, which is right next to the UV. Didn't that Patrick Dempsey movie get filmed out here? Um, yeah, but they're, I think the biggest one that they, you can pick out a lot of scenes is Revenge of the Nerds. Because a lot of the, oh, yeah. like, outdoor stuff was shot on the mall. Okay, the yeah. UVA. So if you look at all the older buildings before they remodeled and stuff. So oh, that's, that's, like, really weird. That's weird. But, anyways, um, we got a little bit off topic. Celebrities are exciting, that's all I can say. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. I've never had a celebrity that I would count as, like, my friend. I've definitely talked to people that are considered famous in some circles, but I don't have anyone anymore that I could just, like, text them. Um, in college, yeah, but not now, because that was, like, eight years ago. But... (laughs) (laughs) Um... But, yeah, so, I don't know. I feel like it would be kind of fun to have celebrity friends, but then you also wouldn't ever see them, and I think... That I'm too much of, like, an obsessive overthinker that I would always want to know what the, like, shitty Inquirer shit was. (laughs) But then I don't ever want to be the person that's, like, someone hunts me down to get my side of the story for things or, like, the inside info. I would hate that. Well, so Amanda's thing is that she not only works for a D-list celebrity, she she meets Sam, who is just won an Oscar. He's moving on up. Yeah. He's moving on up. But he, she also has like her best friend is Helene and Ignacio and they're like big name celebrities. So I don't, I couldn't handle it. It I'm not cut out to be a celebrity friend. It's just not the lifestyle that you'd be used to. And especially we have pretty humble beginnings here. Both of us, (laughs) you know, just where we grew up and and where we were born. and, And I think that would play a big deal into it. And like, to be fair, both Sam and Amanda have humble beginnings as well. Like, he wasn't thrown into this stardom, even though he had a famous family. Yeah. He was, like, cast as, like, a, a stunt stunt double. Man, he, and, was, like, well, he was cast as a double as a kid. And, like, stuff like that. I think it would have been cool to hear more about his rodeo stuff. Because yeah. very rarely do you see the crossover from a sport that is so difficult and demanding. Rodeo is intense. Hey, and it's, it's rodeo break this week. Oh, shit. It is. Yeah. Rodeo got canceled, though, didn't it? No. They didn't cancel rodeo? Mm Mm-mm. They're just limiting. As far as I know, they're still doing the events. Oh, shit. Yeah. Happy rodeo weekend, Tucson. I have lived here my entire life, and I've never gone to the rodeo. I have known multiple people that compete in the rodeo in various events, the biggest one being barrel racing and um, roping. My cousins they used to... They do not to, do it anymore, though, because... It's hard. It's hard shit. Um, my cousins... It's expensive. It is. My cousins used to do mutton busting. Yeah. Um, so, if you don't know what mutton busting is, they, they let a sheep loose, and a <laughs> child has to run after it and try to jump on its back and uh, hogtie it. It's... There just isn't a lot about the rodeo that appeals to me. I like the, like, sports aspect of it. I don't dig the, like cruelty no of it like busting a bronco isn't isn't what they're actually doing you know what i mean and i don't enjoy the pima county fairgrounds i just don't they're dusty and rank and like the rodeo grounds aren't much better and this is where we differ. this is where we differ um i used to go to the silver spur rodeo as a kid um we have i I was a 4-h kid growing up so I was at the fairgrounds constantly. And if you want to talk dusty, go to the Yuma County Fairgrounds. They're dusty as The fairgrounds are just nasty. Nothing grows there.
1: Okay. Like, it's all cleared out. Except grass. for, like,
0: some, some, like, weeds and shit. Yeah, a but little bit like, of grass. I don't know. But the, the problem is that if you go there, the rodeo, you need to see cowboys. And mm-hmm. I like cowboys. I don't like... City cowboys, if that makes sense, you know what I mean. Okay, so we have city cowboys here in Tucson. Probably a lot of places do. I know definitely Texas has a big mix. Yeah, I'm from I'm from small small town, and we have cowboys. Like I could never. Cowboys. I don't think I could ever like marry a real cowboy though. Because if you got a ranch and stuff, I'm down for that. But I need to be able to go places, and ranch land is not super close to where we are. Mm-mm. You have to go way further out into like. into Veil, or, like, beyond that, into Sinoida. And, like, it's gorgeous. It's just not necessarily a life for me. I'm not good with any um, injured animals. No. Cat can't do dead things, either. Chickens scare the shit out of me. Chickens are dinosaurs. We've had this discussion. But they'll chase you, and they can kind of fly, and they'll peck at you. Chickens, Chickens pecking don't hurt as much as geese. Either way, it's not the life for me, but I can appreciate... A good pair of Wranglers and Boots. Mhm. And you know, a nice hat. Some people wear the weird boots with like the snake skin or the Those are dress the, boots. The crocodile or alligator or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are dress boots. Not for me. When you show up in your square toe brown shit kickers and you're wearing your Levi's or your Wranglers, mm-hmm. preferably Wranglers with a button fly. Totally different. Your cowboy hat. We're good. Yeah. I also really did horseback riding. It's, yeah. It's I haven't gone lot. in like years, but it was one of the most fun things in high school is to go horseback riding or just get to like hang out around horses. I, I have friends that have horses. I had friends who had horses as well. And she has, so the Pleasants have horses. Um, I love their horses, by the way. Steve, Majesty and Bam Bam. They're so, okay. First of all, their, their names are all drastic. <laughs> <laughs> like, human name. Yeah. Because like we name dogs human names and stuff, so I get that Bam Bam like random. There's not really an explanation for Bam Bam's name, and then Majesty is kind of what you would expect, like rich oh. people to name their racehorse to name their like yeah. yeah. And she's she's Majesty's just this beautiful horse. She doesn't like anybody until she does, and everyone's she's like, wait, what the fuck? She- um, and that's kind of one of the fun things too is like I can totally imagine being Amanda at a ranch and being like. I just really want to pet a horse. So that sounds like something I would say. Like, can I just pet some dogs? So she gets to meet the horses, and um, they're trying to get her on the horse, Zach and Evie and Sam, and she's like, listen, I am here to pet the horses. I'm here to admire the horses, but we have to remember that horses are kind of scary, and I don't want my face kicked in. They're huge. They're so big, and they're so powerful. And, like, I totally get where she's coming from. But they're also gentle. They're such gentle giants. Yeah. Well, she's also, like, the horse whisperer, because all the horses want to hang out with her. All the animals want to hang out with her. The dogs. And that's, like, all I would care about. I always feel sad when, when animals don't like me. I am not an animal whisperer, though. No. I I do okay with animals. I love dogs. I love those things, not birds. You're kind of a dog whisperer. Oh, I love dogs. You end up saving oh, dogs all the time. Me. More puppies. Uh, I um, I gave my dog a bath today, Uh-huh. and she her favorite part because she doesn't like that, but she'll stand there all sad. Um, she she stands there all sad for most things. I don't have to tie her up or anything. She knows, like, she just stands there and waits now. But um, her favorite is when she gets towelled off because you get, you like rub her really vigorously, uh-huh. and so she was just goes. And I said, "Does that feel good?" She went, "Uh huh." Today, and I was like, "Whoa, that <laughs> was a little scary." <laughs> Oh, honey bear. But she was, she was happy. She's um, a good dog. So let's... I want to talk about um, how they meet. Well, they meet yeah. at, a, at a party. Well, they see each other at a couple parties. And um, it seems like he's just really, really attracted to her because she's having such a good time with her friends. Like, she's not out there to find a dude. She knows who he is. She knows, like, that's Kai, this guy. But he's like after her. He's, like, Like, flirty and dancing, and they're having a great time, and he's like, what's your name? And she's like, nope. So he calls her Cha-Cha, because when he meets her, she's doing the Cha-Cha slide. Such a classic. I love that she calls him Tex, even though they're in California. (laughs) Yeah, not from Texas. But, like, makes sense, because all the ranch stuff. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, they meet, they have their hookup, and she's like, I gotta sneak out of here, be on time for work. And then they end up just continually crossing paths. In weird ways. And, like, they have mutual friends but don't know it because, no, like, she has kind of a rule where she doesn't talk about a lot of celebrity stuff with her celebrity friends. because you know, she's like, Colleen's just a normal person, you know. Well, and she then she should be treated like Lauren. She works for Drew, and D- Drew is a bitch. She's terrible. She's, like, literally, literally the worst. Um, but back to the little left strike, it's interesting because there's no mention of like them being set up or anything. It's fully on them. And it's just because they're having such a good time together and she was like, Fuck yeah, I deserve a good time. And I was like thinking about that because um well first of all, we don't go to bars. We haven't been to a bar since Since we were going to burlesque. Yeah, like over a year ago, um, because everything started shutting down and we're not like bar people. Kind of I, I, I was a little in like college, um, but that was always really dangerous because you're in college and you're dumb. You and so show. I had a I only ever went out if dudes were going out with us because I was so tired of my female friends being dumb. You know, we had some dumb ones. Too. We had some really dumb ones, but like, so the thing is, though, in a bar when you're vibing with someone or <laughs> on a dance floor, yeah. like any time that you're just like. Oh, yeah, we're doing, like, we're having a really good connection. It's either, like, actually a really good connection or it's because you're in a bar. And that's a problem. Yes. So I can remember, like, one time stands out to me, like, a lot. I had gone out with a bunch of our Target friends. And um, we were at a shitty college bar on 4th. Oh, Lord. Which is always full of bros. But, like, I was having a great time. Like, I wasn't, like, super drunk or anything. But I was having a great time around the dance floor and stuff. And I was dancing with some dude. I want to say his name was Michael. I don't remember, but I, like he didn't come with my friends or anything. He was already there. We were having a great time, we were dancing, and then he suddenly kissed me <gasps> in the dance floor and stuck his tongue way into my mouth. And I was like, Whoa, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined our good time. <laughs> I was having a great time until that, and then I, I, we, I literally. Left the dance floor, found our friends. I was like, "I have to go," and the dudes were like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I'm fine." And then we went to IHOP, and our nights like, always ended at IHOP because they the only thing that's open, really. in yeah. other, other bars, you know, and you can get an omelet at two in the morning. But just that—that that kind of like vibing with sunlight is is kind of hard to find when when like, just you don't out. like the environment. I think. Yeah. The problem. Well, she was having a lot of fun on the dance floor. She knew she was there to have a good time and let loose because she doesn't get to do that very often. So she was really excited to get the chance to. And Sam was out there vibing because he just won a fucking Oscar, which was his life's goal. When which was, was the exciting. last time you were vibing with someone? Like, not even in like a bar, because that would be a long time ago that any of us have been to a bar. But like, like it's a like it's a thing. And you're like, yes. College. (laughs) I think it's college. When you had, like, that instantaneous fun kind of connection. Yeah. College. I'm old, too, so that's really fucking sad. But is that, like, is that a result of your cynicism? (laughs) (laughs) Is that the problem? Um, probably. (laughs) Okay, I have to talk. So, all right. I'm a Scorpio, cats a Libra. Yeah. And I found a chart today (laughs) that gave you zodiac. Exactly. And it was exactly us. Um, mine, the way it aligned was please don't love me. it was don't love me and cats was please love me
1: (laughs) and i was pretty accurate this is
0: not the most accurate for the two of us i have ever seen in my entire life so it could very well have been i was young and i thought i was like still really into it i'm like yeah love is real this is gonna be great and now you're all jaded and and, now i'm everything (laughs) 35 years old divorced and jaded as fuck and i just don't care um no, I'm pretty sure the last time I had, like, vibes like that with someone who was college, which is really upsetting when I think about it. I think a lot of it, too, is we depend a lot on, like, social media to connect with people now. Yeah. And that is, to me, such a difficult thing because you you feel like you're connecting, but you're not. Yeah. And so, I, like, I get that. But it's still, like, annoying. I want a one-day vibe with someone cool enough that'll actually want to fucking date me. Maybe. I don't okay. Know. Like a month ago, I was vibing with someone from Twitter. Someone who slid into your fucking DMs and I was like legit, and like he, o- he he was like a real person because we can because we can look people up, you know. So he's a real person, yeah. And they just fucking disappeared. And I was like, cool. Let's talk about DMs sliding into DMs because that dude slid into your DMs, and Drew tries to slide into to Sam's DMs. Listen, Drew is like the worst immoral. Like, every interaction between Amanda and Drew was cringy. Everything that Drew demanded was awful. Like, she basically demanded Amanda's life. And she was like, I'll date. I'll date Sam Pleasant. We'll have babies and all this And then you'll take care of our babies. And she's like, like,
1: can't say anything because she
0: slept with him. Which is, like, weird and really rude. She was a bitch. Every time she would text her, I was like, ooh. A lot of her texts ended up with the middle finger emoji, and I was like, God, like... I wanted her to get hit by a bus a la, a la Regina George. Yeah, and then, like, her um sliding into... Like, Drew's version of sliding into Sam's DMs was like, Hey, uh you should take me out for a drink so we can celebrate. I'll make it worth your while, kind of Ugh. thing. And I was like, um, that's gross. That's, like, an opposite congratulatory... Message. Like it's so gross. And then he instantly was like, I'm not interested. And then she pretended to be Amanda and tried to get his phone number from his assistant. While they were on Valentine's Day weekend. And like, what? That's like above and beyond creep. Like So ugh, I have a question she's for icky. you. She was icky. I can't stand her. And we'll get more into her and her drama bullshit. How do you feel about having had someone slide into your DMs, now that it's <laughs> happened to you? Um, it was really weird. Mm-hmm. Oops. Um, it was really strange, not because like, Ben never talked to me or anything, but because um, it was based off of a stupid comment that I made on a post that I saw someone oh, share that was from him uh-huh. on Twitter. Like, it was, it was like a political thing about our, our governor, our lovely governor, Doug Ducey. Would you call him lovely? Because I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. But it made like a funny reference to his his before he was a governor job, which was he ran all of the Cold Stone Creameries because he was like the owner. So I made like a reference to that. And this dude thought it was really funny and like slid into my DMs and we are like talking. We are getting along really well. And then we exchanged phone numbers, and we were texting for, like, a couple weeks, and they just, like, disappeared. He was supposed to propose to you in two weeks, and he didn't do it. Yeah, like, three weeks ago. (laughs) Fucking rude. But um, it was just really weird, and it was one of those things where it's, like, I don't really need an explanation or care for one. Because if you're not going to put effort in, and I've done my part. Like, I'm not going to always be the person who's going to text you first. I'm not always going to be the person who's going to be, like, begging for your attention. Like, he and I had a lot of things in common, which was part of the reason we were vibing so well. Yeah. And, like, it was down to, like, we are both teachers. We taught the same subject. Yeah. Same grade level. Same grade level. And I never meet teachers in my grade level mm-hmm. that are, first of all, men and single. Like, that's just not a thing for teachers. And so I was like, cool. And, like, we were talking about our dogs and, like, all this stuff. And then it just like fizzled out and died because he's bad at conversation. I don't know. It was really strange. But I was like, okay, cool, thanks. I've yet to have anyone slide into my DMs. If anybody wants to, I'm <laughs> here. Um, I'm queer. It's fine. If men, women, in between, that's it's cool. Slide into my DMs. I might be nice. I don't know. Just depends on my day, <laughs> how I'm doing. Who knows? Um yeah. I don't know. And then there was that person that tried to. To, like, flirt with me on Among Us. <laughs> which was really funny. Oh, and God. Weird. Um. <laughs> which you never hear people say that, and I don't like that. In a list um, of how was your 2020, ours is cat was flirted with a young child. On, not even a child, but a, a young 18, adult. He was an 18. Like, that's a, weird still. A young adult on Among Us, and then had to <laughs> slide into her DMs. This is fine. Like, <laughs> I don't know. The levels of, of dating availability or possibilities are getting a little weird here. <laughs> um, so yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, and, so, and I guess like we were talking about how I want to live like a rom-com life. Yeah. And so sliding into my DMs might be that because it's not really a meet cute, but it's very appropriate for 2021. Yeah. So like acceptable, but like there's gotta be follow through. Like I oh, okay. should have been engaged already. If this book were to be your me cute, right? How would you feel?
1: Pretty would, accurate. You, like, would you <laughs>
0: would you vibe with the pleasant family? Yeah, they sounded first of all they sound like a ton of fun. They're, they're all, a fucking blast. Like, like they're uh, such good personalities that all fit together. And then they have their matriarch who's, like, real sassy and old school and funny. And then they've got, like, other people that make up their family that are still super important and, and very different. Yeah. yeah. I love – so, I love the Pleasant family. I read the first book last year because I was supposed to do my panel with Rebecca last year on the other book, um, A Cowboy to Remember. That one has an amnesia trope. Not big into it. It was still cute. Yeah. I'm still i still there. That's more of a soap opera thing, I think. It had drama. I didn't want all of that drama, but it was fine. Um, but the family started in that book and then this time I got to see more of the family. Uh-huh. Which was a lot of fun because I really liked the family in the first book, like a lot. Um, Miss Leona was sassy in the first one. Miss Leona Where's is she just was? sassy. She doesn't want any of her grandchildren to call her grandma or grandmother. She's in her eighties. She is eighty-two years old and she's stepping she out dating. And everyone is up in arms about it. I just, I like the di- the dynamic, uh, because at the core of it, the Pleasant brothers are still best friends, regardless of what's going on. Yeah. Um, they Their older brother, Jesse, has some issues with Miss Leona dating, so they take him to Bali just to get him out of his head. Yeah. And like they're like, hey, this is a brother weekend, man. We gotta go. And I don't think that's something you normally see in romances where it's a family centered around three brothers. And I don't know if it's because the dynamic doesn't always work the way that you think it'll work in your head, mm-hmm. because all of their stories are individual and complex, but the way that they're written as kind of background characters almost makes it so that you're focused on one of them at a time. Yeah. And I think that helps a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I do, I will say, I got to read Zach's story, which was fine Sam's was adorable, I really want to read Jesse's and I hope he gets a happily ever after because that boy needs a hug yeah, he needs a hug bad he's got some, he's got some issues he is a tall motherfucker and he needs a hug that's all, just hug she describes him as six foot seven, which is scary he wouldn't fit on my couch I like tall men but I don't know that six-foot-seven is, like... <laughs> that would be, like, you dating Shaq. Be a little scary. Terrifying. Yeah. One of my coworkers is, like, six-five. Jesus Christ. Huge. That's yeah. just insanity. And it's always funny so because, like, when I talk to some people at work, we have some like, pretty tall guys. Like, a lot of our, our men at work, for some reason, are, like, six-foot and up. And there will be times when they have to talk to me, they have to bend over a lot to see me <laughs> properly. Or, like, I've had um, one of my coworkers hold the door open for me, and I just, like, walk under his arm. Like, like there's tall, and there's, like, tall. That's scary tall. I don't know. That's scary tall. That's when I ran into Lori marketing at the stupid grocery store. He's fucking huge. Guys, the light went out. It was nice and shiny, and then he walked by me and the light, it got dark. <laughs> it was very weird. Um, but anyways, as far as, like, meet-cutes go, swag two DMs is fine. Um, but I can, since my rom-com life is like this, I can see something <laughs> similar happening with the accidental stealing of something important because she accidentally <laughs> takes her wrong swag bag, and that definitely sounds like something that I would do if I was trying to get out of somewhere real quick. She, when she was trying to yeah. leave in the morning, because, so we opened this book up with the aftermath of their hookup. Yeah. And she talks about how, like, he's got her hand on her tit, and she's like, should I just roll out of bed? Will it wake him up if I just fall out of this bed? Right. I'm like, girl, yes, it will. <laughs> wake me up. What are you doing? Yeah. So she crawls out, and she, like, gets her things together, checks to make sure she doesn't look like a mess. She's tiptoeing out, yeah. Tiptoes out, just grabs a bag, and when she gets out and into a car, she realizes, ah, oh, shit. This is not the cool beauty products and fun shit I thought I was getting. This is his actual Oscar and his phone. And it's like, oh, it's really bad because we didn't exchange names or phone numbers. Mm-mm. And it says you and I stand. And now I have to panic and try to get back to him without having to go see him. Thankfully, she is the assistant to that bitch Drew, and she's got the hookup on how to find people. So she finds his agent mm-hmm. and has his stuff sent to the agent. And is like, "You have yeah. to get this and don't lose it." Um, so he gets it back. He actually doesn't even know it's missing until Walls, his assistant, was like, "Hey, are you missing something?" because uh the agency has your oscar like oh he's like oh shit yeah i'm really upset i want to say he talks about how he has her swag bag i want to know what was in that bag what kind of cool shit does she get i don't know but it wasn't the same as his obviously because he got like an, an iphone and like stuff like she lists a couple of things but like and she eventually gets her swag bag back but what was in it I have no clue. We do know that she was talking about, she had a Fenty lip gloss. that She lost. She's all upset. First of all, this are like 30 dollars so I'd be I upset, it. too. She has that conversation about, so Drew was like, hey, I got these shoes that um, don't fit. They sent the wrong size. You can have them. She's like, I'm not going to say no to $300 shoes. So, uh, if she's taking $300 shoes from her employer, I would be upset about a $30 lip gloss as well. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but... Her stealing of his... His statue is kind of what... Spurs on a lot of their interaction. Yeah. Because then he teases her about it. But then they end up going to Helene's wedding... And he doesn't know she's going... And she doesn't know it's hosted at his ranch. And so you have all of these... Like... Weird intersections of their lives... That you don't... You wouldn't expect if you were a normal human. Like if she wasn't a part of anything... That was celebrity bound... She wouldn't expect to see him ever again. She would never see him again. But not she's only, like, well, shit, I can't not go. Helene's my best friend. And it's at his ranch. She mm-hmm. doesn't realize it's at his ranch until the day before she has to leave for the wedding. Which I think is so funny. And then she thinks she'll never see him again. And then she goes to Delightly and Drew has been an absolute nightmare and they're no longer going to serve her. And she's upset. She's leaving and she turns around and she's like, oh shit, Sam is here. I have to pretend like I don't see him. But then he sees her because someone bumps into her and it's a big thing. Yeah, it's just continual, and I was really glad that she didn't fight it a lot, because at first she seemed like, dead set against, like, nope, I'm not dating you, can't do this, and she kept telling him no, and he kept being, like, really respectful of that, which was great, yeah, but then she was like, you know what, I changed my mind, and I feel like people don't do that often enough, you just, like, get sad and, like, pine after someone, Uh, when they probably could have been, like, on second thought, are you still open to this, and some people aren't, but Sam is. That's because I don't think he ever really wanted to deal with the rejection. He's just come off of a relationship with that chick, Natalie, mm-hmm. and it didn't really work. It, she was trying to move it too fast. At, like, two months, she wanted an engagement ring, and he was like, whoa, girl, take a step back. Yeah. Um, but I think that he was really into her, and it was the first time he was into someone since then. So he was just going to play it by ear. And then she wanted to be friends. And he was like, we'll be friends. That's fine. We, can, I can do friends. And he really can't do friends. He's going to try to, but he doesn't really want to. Yeah. And then when she's like, listen, I really like you. And he was like, cool, me too. What are we going to do about this? And then she she finally was like, let's let's try. Let's try. And then that was um, that was Valentine's weekend. When yeah. she went up for her... All expense and they, paid. They went to Claim Jumpers, which is confusing because you know, here it's a restaurant, <laughs> but there it's a shitty dive bar with wings. I would rather go to that Claim Jumpers than our Claim Jumper. I haven't been to ours in like a super long time. The food's not that great here. Really? No, it's not um, that great. I think last time I went was like easily like six years ago. Ours was a work Christmas party. It was alright. It's fine. Like they have. They just have big food. They have the thing. Yeah. A lot And of that food. I think draws a lot of people. But anyways, yeah, so they go to their like nineties dance like version of something, <gasps> which sounds like a ton of fun first. I wanna go to a nineties dance. That I don't even crazy. dance. Well, like, you would know the songs, you can have wings, you have a beer. It would be so right. much fun. They were It'd dancing so to great. Rump Shaker. Like what more do you want? Nothing. You know what I mean? But um there's just there's a lot going on. And one of the things that was really interesting that was showcased was jealousy, but not in the way you expect. Because you would think that she would be jealous that he's spending time with other celebrities or, you know, something like that, like that aspect of it. He's spending more time with his family than he is with her. And that doesn't play on this ever. Like, he doesn't date someone to make her feel like shit no. Or, like, he doesn't, like, back away from when they get discovered and found out and it's all over the media. For- but the jealousy we deal with is from Drew. Yeah, the the jealousy isn't from the actual relationship. It's from someone outside of the relationship that wants to be involved. It was such a weird but, like, plausible manipulation on Drew's part. That was, like, such a turn-off. Because that's, like, a thing that happens at smaller scales in relationships. Yeah. Where, like, well, if... Like, someone be like, well, if you're friends with them, why don't I know them? And it's like, um, because that's not how this works. And Drew was, like, super demanding of of Amanda and, like, you're going to introduce me him, you're going to stop dating him. All this stuff. And it's like, first of all, that's not how that works. You're a crazy bitch. She was a crazy bitch because the way she, she did it. She came back from her weekend where Drew texted her constantly and was like, fucking answer me, you bitch. And color is all the She's just a horrible, horrible human being. She yeah. has no repercussions for her awfulness at all. Yeah. And it's just she's yeah. a person that's been pretty and gotten by on that. Mm-hmm. And then the way she treats people is super ugly. And so she's, you know, Amanda's back and she's doing assistant things. She's getting ready to leave for the night and she tells Drew she's leaving. And Drew comes in she's like, you didn't tell me that you... We're with Sam Pleasant all weekend. Here's my proof. And she's got pictures from the paparazzi that they'd taken. And um, she tries to play it off as, that's not me, because you can't see her face. It's not me. And then she right. shows a picture from Helene and Ignacio's wedding. And it's like, yeah, that is you, bitch. And she can't deny it. At this point, Sam's in Bali with his brothers. She can't get a hold of him because he's in Bali. And she quits. She finally quits which is great because this entire book I was like god girl just walk out please yeah i kept thinking how much is too much because it was like a special kind of abuse and drew is just like out of control yeah she she like shares that private information with everyone to get back at her for quitting She thinks that she's going to be able to manipulate Amanda into doing whatever she wants because she knows the Mm Pleasance. She's like, I would never introduce you to those people. They're nice and you're not. Yeah. All this stuff. And it was just, in a weird way, it was kind of refreshing to see the jealousy from that point. We see so many romance novels where the jealousy is between the two, the heroine and the hero. And I don't like that. I don't either. I'm not a super jealous person. And so seeing people act or reading about people acting really really jealous is like a huge turn off it's that green-eyed monster bullshit and i'm not into it at all i don't like it i don't like seeing it i don't everyone deals with jealousy like that's 100 percent true you can never tell anyone like if someone claimed i've never been jealous of anyone that's a fucking lie that's bullshit it's a lie but using someone's jealousy against them it's I think is the, the part that I really, really don't like it, in romance. And the way, the way Drew did it, but I think the way that Amanda handled it was really good. Like, she yeah. handled it really well. She did have her freak out. That was fine. But she went to Helene and was like, yo, this is what happened. And Drew was dumb. She, like, implicated herself. Oh, man, really, she did. And, like, luckily, Julio and Ignacio are, like, celebrities, and they have a lot of money. They're like, t- we're on it. Like, what do you want us to do? What you got? What do you need us like, to do? Yes, that's what you need. <laughs> and her, her parents tell her, you know, hey, you quit, finally, if you want it, if you need to move back, you're welcome to. But then mm-hmm. she's going to have to give up her life of being, a, potentially, being a screenwriter. That's her whole dream. And it was interesting that that didn't pop up more. Right. Like, she mentions it, but she doesn't seem to me to be actively trying. Like, because I think she is complacent and just focusing on paying bills, which is fine, but she doesn't... She's not... Talk about, And yeah. even this was, like, a two-week thing. Well, and then Sam, at the same time, asks her to send that screenplay over when he finds out. Yeah. And she, he read it, and he was like, this is good. You have something to work on. So by the end of the book, she is no longer an assistant and she's working to become a screenwriter and she's yeah. doing taking those steps to do something good, which was great. She was living out her dream. Um, I think too with it though, is that we have two very supportive characters who are supportive of each other. Yeah. In that he supported her and her screenwriting and then she supported him in his acting, but trying to get out of the supporting actor role. Which is interesting because that was very much was um, spoiler alert with that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and so that was a very big parallel. While I was reading that, I was like, weird. Like these men that are like really good actors really need someone to help them. <laughs> <like>, What's going <laughs> on? It was good though. I liked the storyline for that. I thought it was fascinating. I liked the end of this one too. I liked that it wasn't they got married and lived happily ever after because we know I can't fucking stand those for the most part. Um, the fact that they went to the Met Gala as Snow White and Prince Charming was the best. I thought that was fun. It was a blast. It was good. And and I think that something that's important to know is that throughout this book, we clearly know that it's black characters. Yeah. But it's not the biggest draw of the characters. No. It's more about their personality and their, their capabilities than anything else, and that's really nice. And it wasn't a huge draw to talk about her size. They call her like a curvaceous queen and they like talk about, especially in the sexies like her titties and stuff. Oh yeah. Like how big her boobs are. And her butt. And, but it's not like like fetishized, which is something that's very, very rare. Because even in spoiler alert, that was... It was kind of fetishized. It was a little bit fetishized about how much he liked how big she was and like stuff like that. Yeah. Which is also fine. Like that's okay to to enjoy someone's curviness. I think that when we have romances that have black characters and we have characters who are large, whether they are white or a, pe- a person of color, whatever that is, it can go to fetish- fetishization really fast. It's a very thin line between appreciation It is. And it is fetishizing.
1: But, but As with any fetish, honestly. That's, uh,
0: yeah, that is. But I think that Rebecca does it well, because this isn't the first time we've read a Rebecca Weatherspoon book, because we read Rafe last year. We yeah. had a black character in that book. Yeah. Um, we had a very tall ginger man, and that wasn't a weird fetish on on either of their ends, which no. was great. Um, I just think that this was wi- written in a way that felt real. Yeah, and like, you're, you're not surprised by anything. Not at all. Not at all. And I think that she does a really good job of making sure that her characters don't become a weird fetish somewhere down the road. I would agree with that, because... Like, she mentions that, like, she loves her curves, which is an important thing to point out, and that there are parts throughout this where they say some things, like, there's one where they're in the trailer, and, um, what's... God, what does she say? Sick queens have been pulling guys like, Sam for centuries. Yeah. And I'm like, see, like, that's funny and true. Yeah. And, like, kind of important, but she also mentions some things, um... Like, where she shops and what she buys. Like, she def- she shops at Old Navy, which you and I actually talked about, like, two weeks ago. I literally just bought work pants from Old Navy. Their the span of, like, sizing is, like, huge compared to other places. Yeah. Um, she mentions she got her sparkly jumpsuit at Forever 21, which sounds like a Forever 21 item. <laughs> Definitely. I have never found anything in the plus size section of Forever 21 that I would wear. But I also wouldn't wear anything in Forever 21. I have found stuff. But nothing that's coming to mind, which is really weird. First of all, Forever Twenty One has a lot of stuff, but it's really cheap, okay. and they sell it for a lot of money. So, like, if you're a larger person and you bought the dress you like, it's easily going to be thirty-five or more dollars. It's a pain in the ass, and that's that's difficult, especially if it's not well made. Like, it's not going to last you a long time. Like, that's not going to work. But also, I just think say, Forever Twenty One has the worst underwear the worst underwear i have never bought underwear from there my mom always gets us underwear or like something cutesy like for christmas or whatever yeah and so it's like from different places or whatever but they have these like lace thongs that are super cute right yeah they are terrible they are awful there is like almost no stretch in them which is a problem because, like, if you can't get over your thick-ass thighs, how are you going to get over your butt? Like, you're not. You're not. They don't have very much stretch. They don't have very much coverage, which I always think is confusing. Like, whose front side is, just, <laughs> Wait, you like, said real that? skinny? Like, nobody's. Like, that's not realistic. Nobody. So, but anyways, so, it was, it was just interesting to see that there were things mentioned that people who are normal-sized people, mm-hmm. which is what this person is, have access to because we normally don't see that. No, in our, in our previous ones, we've seen like designers make them clothes or yeah. or they settle for this or that, or they make their own clothes or like whatever it but is. We don't see them going to places like Forever Twenty One or Old Navy. Um, if that's, I think that's part of what made it feel so real for these characters, and they yeah. didn't feel like fake characters. In fact, the only thing we really hear about in regards to clothing that was made for her by a designer, was her snow-white dress for the Met Gala. Which is, like, something you'd expect, because she's dating a celebrity, going to a themed party. You would need that. You can't just go to Spirit Halloween and be like, that's (laughs) the one, because it's not going to be good. It's going to be real slutty and not fit properly. Uh, Like Drew's. Yeah. Because her outfit was (laughs) horrible. Yeah, it was just not good. But, um... So we save the best for last, Um, and that would be all the sex. I want to just say that of (laughs) all the sex scenes we've read, I think Rebecca's are some of the best because they're not, they're not poorly written. Right. They are feeling, they feel real. Like, you could have experienced similar things with not that person. Yes. Yeah. And for the most part I know where body parts are. Yeah, that's something that you always get really stuck on. Because I don't understand some of the logistics sometimes. Sometimes they they're doing something and then they're doing something else and I'm like, but you were just I think it's just like the author wanting to jump to saucy positions is writing a lot. sex scenes and that can be misleading <laughs> misguiding. <laughs> um but their sex scenes were like, ones that you could easily understand, first of all. Yeah. And were how normal people have sex. Their banter while they had sex was normal. Yeah. Cause at one point, he was like, she's like, no, nah, 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 we're not doing it this way, I wanna be on top. But wait, she goes to get his Stetson. <laughs> And she's like, like "Is how this is this an issue? Am I allowed to do this?" And he was like, "Go for it, whatever you it. want." And uh I mean, that's that's normal. It didn't. Yeah. I don't think that I've read one of her sex scenes ever where I went, huh? Because in not real, real, real life, in sex, you should talk to each other. If you're not having fun in bed, like, why are you bothering? If you don't, but but I thought that was kind of a fun thing to throw in was cowboy yeah, hat. I don't. I, I don't not in, know. You're not into that. <laughs> That's not a me thing. Like that wasn't a turn on thing for me in the sex scenes. But I could see how some people would like that. It was. It was just a moment of funny in the middle of it. Yeah, which was nice to see. I just think that she does a really good job of making sure her characters are a well sated by the end of it, and mm. B she makes it realistic. Yeah, because a lot of times we read sex and it's scenes not and we're like, what a, the fuck? like a fade to black scenario either, which. We've talked about that. It's fine. There are reasons to write fade to black. And a lot of times it just feels like a cop out. Well, and she's not afraid of using actual terminology for body parts.
1: Which is yeah. great.
0: Yeah. She'll throw in a cock and a pussy all she wants. Which is great. Because <laughs> I hate when I'm reading it and it's a euphemism. I'm the like, flowery yeah. language of older like romance novels can be really difficult to get over. Because you know what they're doing. But it's like, why do you have to describe it, like, so weird? Uh, yeah, it's not my favorite. Sheeping his member into her wet cave. Ugh. It's so awful. It's always funny when the euphemisms don't match, either. No! Like, that. you didn't workshop that very much. <laughs> you didn't but, think about that. There's a whole list of things that you can go for on the internet. You just have to Google it. Yeah. But the sex was good, I think, partly... Because they had banter and because they had chemistry too. They made it a point to have a real conversation as often as possible. Like, it wasn't just a lot of surface stuff. Like, he took her to meet his family and she talked about her family and growing up and all her, like, skunk friends <laughs> or, like, random animals well, she brought home and all that stuff kind of beads into that chemistry that's not completely sexual chemistry. They have so the the main sex scene they have sex and then it fades into them on the couch with room service basically playing twenty questions with each other. Yeah. Getting to know each other more. Because they know each other okay, but they don't know each other the way they'd like to know each other. And that's not something you normally see in a romance ever. It was just it was really nice to see that there was a good match in conversation and in sex Mm -hmm. because sometimes we have one and not the other. Yeah. Or like it's really stilted in one way. Yeah. And so that was really, really nice just to have that, that option because we don't get it very often where you have everything. It was, well, and it was the chemistry too. It wasn't like we had a sex scene at the very, very beginning, but it was a past sex scene. So it was closed door. We didn't know anything about it. It wasn't until the chemistry had grown enough between the two characters And we, they knew more about each other. We knew more, more about them than it actually happened. So it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel rushed. It happened at just the right time in, I would think, their relationship. It just felt right. I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. I think I, I'm definitely going to keep reading the series because I do find them enjoyable. They're fun. Um, let's, with that being said, I guess, let's go into ratings. Mm -hmm. Um, one out of five stars. Um, I'm going to go four. Okay. I enjoyed the fluffy romance cuz I do enjoy fluffy romance. Um I enjoyed the aspect of the retelling of Cinderella in a in a very different way. Um it was just one where I have my own hang-ups about the celebrity stuff. Um I enjoyed the characters though. Mm-hmm. I did. I think maybe the toxic that was drew was something that was distracting to me because it seemed to be constant and distracting and just, like, really unhealthy for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And, I mean, I see that that was, like, kind of necessary, but I also feel like it... She needs to just address it differently, maybe. Okay. Okay. Like, I think Amanda definitely deserved a moment where she had a big old fuck you moment with Drew. Oh, for sure. Instead of just the I quit moment, which probably felt great, too. But she had said so many horrible, awful things that I kept kind of expecting there to be a she gets her up comeuppance kind of like oh, I wanted so and she, badly. I thought it was going to be bathroom scene with Helene. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't. And, like, whatever. That's fine. It's not my book. But that was something where, like, I kind of wanted a little tiny bit of revenge. I wanted them to sue her. I wanted or, them to like, take her to court. Or, she was blacklisted or that they released that she's just a horrible, shitty human being. Yeah. And, like, I guess success is, his, is your own version of of doing one better or whatever. But but those are just my own hang-ups, I think. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, I had to sit on it for a little bit after uh-huh. I finished it. Um, I had just come off of a very emotional five-star read to read this one. And I think for me, like I said, it was fluffy and cute, and I enjoyed it. But I don't think that I would give it a four. I think I'm going to give it a 3.75. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure that later on down the road, when I think more about it, I'll probably have a little bit of a different rating. I'll probably end up being like a 4 or 4.25. But right now, how I feel about it is that it's a 3.75. Okay. It gave me what I wanted. Um, It was fluffy, and it was cute, and there was no drama. And I think I needed the essentially zero drama, because the only real drama was Drew. Yeah, and, like, the mesh you need for them. But everything yeah. else is very smooth. Yeah, so yeah, I have, appreciate that, too, in a book. Yeah, so I think that's what my, school, my my rating is going to be, is a 3.75. Yeah. I liked it. I'm definitely going to keep reading it. This is the second in the series. I'll read the third for sure, especially since I know it's going to be Jesse's book. And I want to know more about that. Yeah. I, I yeah. just need to know more about the animal. So that's the deep inner charm it. That giant beast. Um. So our next book, are you ready? We have a theme for next month. Yeah, we do. Normally next month is March Madness. Um, March is... It's basketball. That's all I know about it. Because I don't understand sports and I don't follow sports. You're such a liar. You do understand sports. I understand very little about them. We knew March Madness was basketball. The only reason I know March Madness was basketball was because of Alex. It's like a huge thing. And we live in a college basketball account. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I wouldn't fucking know. Um... In fact, I don't know anything about sports romances at all, so Kat picked this one. Um, And I think also the next one. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous um, because we've never read a sports romance. Yeah, this is going to be our first one. But we're going to be reading Slam Dunked by Love by Jamie Wesley. Um, How did you find this one? Um, So one of our lovely, beautiful, charismatic partners, Jessica Pride, um, does blogs. Oh, yes. Where she lists things in this these books were part of her March Madness books you should read or something like that that I found online and I was like well we know her and we trust her and we like her so we went with some of her picks okay okay um, yeah, from, from like years past or whatever and that's okay so I guess at this point let's just say uh, join us next time as we discuss Lamb Dunked by Love by Jamie Wesley Yep. Um, so until next time we'll talk to you guys later bye, bye.